Hey, hey, Spencer. Yeah. I got a question. Is okay. is the is the question for today's episode? What if, uh, what if Arnold Schwarzenegger from uh, in his role as Mister Freeze from mm-hmm. Val Kilmer Batman mm-hmm. is the governor of uh, Minnesota? What in the fuck are you talking about? It's a goddamn hockey pond in this entire city today, bro. I almost died like nine times going to and from work and to your house to record this episode. And I'm blessed and highly favored that I'm here and alive. And you think, I'm confused. Tim Walls is Mr. Freeze and he he hates us? No, I'm saying Arnold being like, let's chill. And then icing the entire city is what Mm. happened today. I, yeah, maybe, I guess. You guys, you well wished us through the polar vortex, and what I'm saying is we still might die. <laughs> this is the Minnesota Weather Update podcast. How are you, bud? I like how you, in, <laughs> you knew that neither of us were prepared, and then you started talking. Well, I had a question for you, and I needed it answered, and I didn't know what else to do other than ask my question. We'll get there. Oh, man. How are you, bud? I'm doing okay. Yeah? Yeah. Anything uh, new and exciting in your world? Any any more pup dates? Mm, a I, couple cute pictures. A couple cute pics. They're hitting the what if. We got a, we got an arrival date. Mm. Mm-hmm. March 5th, pup arrival date. You know, so I did, that's exciting. I did have the thought, we're probably going to have your dog guest on the host on, in- or on the podcast, guest host on the podcast unintentionally. Oh, for sure. Because that dog is going to bark his ass you'll, off. You'll hear from him <laughs> from time to time, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. We'll do a formal introduction at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I also, it also made me think we've, we keep saying we should put some new stuff up in the shop at shop.whatifpodcast.com. And I was like, maybe we should get some dope dog bandanas with like a what if pattern on them. <laughs> okay. You said we keep saying we're going to do stuff and then not doing it. So also, we should here's do another, another one. thing that we might not do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here's another thing that isn't going to happen to get excited about listeners. Guys say, say if, say it, tell us if you like it and we might make it happen. Uh, you want to talk about a weird smelly guy? Is he smelly, bud? Oh, yeah, he was stinky. He was a stinky gentleman. (laughs) (laughs) Is this our opening fact of the one and only Nikola Tesla? Yep, that's all I got. That's the extent Um, of my notes, actually. Can can you... Probably smelled funny. Can you please tell me more about that factoid? (laughs) Um, no, not really, actually. Just that some people... Oh, so it is not a factoid? Well, I mean, some people claimed he had questionable hygiene but also very sharply dressed. That's a hell of a combination uh-huh. to be like, I look great. Don't get, anywhere. <laughs> Don't get anywhere near me though. Cause it's going to suck for you. Please take my picture from far away. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't shake my hand. He was a germaphobe. Maybe uh maybe that was part of him like not wanting to like he uh, didn't yeah, want to keep the immune system up. Oh, that's interesting. That's not the version of it I was thinking of, but <laughs> yeah, I guess that's one way to do it. Is it? I don't know how science works. He um, should know. I, I think it could be something where it's like if he doesn't like to touch stuff, like I don't want to touch the towels, I don't want to touch the shower, I don't want to touch the water, like maybe he thinks mm. it's going to hurt him. Mm. I don't know. I mean, it's mm. not really a rational thing to begin with, so maybe. Where maybe. There are like a million different ways that we could go with this, and I... I briefly explored explored some of the weirder corners of it yesterday. Is there anywhere in specific that you want to start or make sure that we get to? Yeah, I mean, I want to get to Colorado Springs, and I want to get to his death and his uh, last documented invention, I guess. But I think I I also have, like, a decent amount about um, his early years because I think it's helpful to understand, like, who he was as a person. All right. And like as a character, I'm actually mostly with a lot of the the research that I did, I'm mostly shocked at like, you know, because Tesla's one of the these guys who I think he gets this rap as like a almost like mythical creature in some ways. Mm-hmm. Like, and even some of the stories that are told about him, you can read in his biographies, like there's a book that was written about him that just includes multiple false stories about him because yeah. there are people that are interviewed who are like, I heard he did this or someone once said, and and in his life, the lifestyle he lived like definitely contributed to that because he did a lot of stuff in secret. He was a super weird dude. He hid away and traveled away and had like super eccentric habits in general. He was like 
totally didn't give a shit about money. I mean, he did and he didn't, but he like spent it and then had none of it and then got some more and got investors, spent it again. He just like, yeah, he was this inconsistent kind of like all over the place eccentric dude. So I feel like that breeds this. It's like the Bill Murray stories thing. Have you ever heard that Bill, the Bill Murray stories thing? No. There's a story to the Tyson zone. I'm not familiar with the Tyson zone. I think that's a, a Bill Simmons coined term, but it's uh, it's when you reach the point you've done so many absurd things that people would believe any story about you. That's exactly what this is. Like I could tell you that Mike Tyson did almost anything and you'd be like, yeah, okay. Yeah. There's not a point where you would go, no way. Right. The, the version of this, there's a there's a Tumblr that uh, that's out there that exists, and it was started with, I think it started with this guy who has this story of Bill Murray. He's sitting in a Wendy's, and he goes, I'm sitting in a Wendy's on a road trip. I was driving by myself. I needed a break, so I went in. I got a burger and fries, sat down at a table by myself, and I'm just eating my lunch. And across the restaurant, this guy in a hat and sunglasses comes over. He pulls his sunglasses down, grabs three French fries off my tray, puts them in his mouth. I look up at him, and it's Bill Murray, and he just goes, no one will ever believe you, and walks away. <laughs> And like, it's crazy. And he's done all these things and created this. Apparently, like he went and played kickball with some people in like a costume in New York City. It's also impossible to verify any of those. Exactly. And and fun to try and come up with ones that people will believe. Exactly. And that's I feel like that lends itself really well to Tesla as like a weird guy who did do a lot of weird stuff. But also, we don't know what he did a lot of the time. So it's like, maybe he made a death ray. Yeah, maybe Maybe he he, yeah talked to aliens. Right. Yeah. And I, um, I did find the aliens, by the way. Oh yeah, we, mm. uh, the aliens are here for sure. Mm. I found, um, I found some really neat stuff in this book called Wizard. Uh, it's a biography of him. <laughs> is it? Uh huh. They well, they called him the Wizard of Lightning, which is a pretty gangster well, nickname if you're going to have he one. He did seem to have a thing with lightning. A bit, a bit, and trying to make it and control it. Yeah, and um, power airplanes with it. Right. I think also just to just to also kind of lend to uh to what we're saying about him and like not having a great place to start with tesla is like i mean there have been biographies and documentaries and feature films and there's angel fire websites angel <laughs> many and angel blog fire spots. many blog spots um but the motherfucker did a lot in he, he had a pretty uh he had 300 patents 300 patents and he was legitimately doing stuff yeah and i mean he lived a long life too for someone i mean yeah he's what 80 something when he died 80 let's see he was born in 56 and he died in 30 Mm. no 42 no 38 hang on january of 43 43 so july 56 january 47 86 like about 86 years yep yeah so like 86 years old, which is, that's well past the uh, life expectancy of the time, isn't it? I never really understand how that works because I don't think it was necessarily that people, I mean, when you go back in history and you're like, oh, the life expectancy was 40 years. Yeah. How much of that is like, well, a lot of kids died and babies died and And how much of it is like, no, people really didn't live until their 80s. Yeah. Like the infant mortality rate you're saying just brings that way down. Yeah. Horribly. I, I don't know. That's true. It just seems like not a lot of people lived to 90 that were born in like the 80s. Like medicine just wasn't nearly as no you know idea. progressed and all that stuff. Yeah. Long story short, of a dude who was genuinely, I think, a genius, like you it'd be you'd be hard pressed to say that he didn't have genius qualities and tendencies to yeah, like sure. his work. And I mean the dude spoke like eight languages, I think, or something like that. Yeah. Um you'd be hard pressed to be like, dude, this dude did did stuff all the way for all 86 years of his life. So it's like, where do you even start? Cause he's got story after story, right. project after project, invention after invention. Like you said, 300 patents in your lifetime across multiple different countries worldwide. Like where do you start with a guy that prolific? And then we have like now 60 to 70 some years of like weird conspiracy cult. Yes. Lore and added on to it. And people going, Hmm, <laughs> there's definitely uh, a portion of, like Tesla cult weirdos. For sure. I feel like it's like dudes in their late 20s, early 30s who like to tell you about how smart they are. It's it's a little um it's a little bit like 
remember when we was it on the paid show or the free show where we were talking about the guy, the furry guy in front of the wall of numbers who was like being like the nines, connect to the oh, nines. That was the uh, that was the Patreon episode like two weeks ago with the alien abduction lady who said she was getting yeah yeah math information telepathically from the from the grays right 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 yeah i think it's like some of the same people who are like no 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 we can run our cars on water like because like granted tesla is a very legit dude uh and and had a lot of legit things he also especially later in his career uh had some pretty i guess out there ideas uh some some ideas that are a little bit like uh oh oh yeah are are you sure (laughs) Oh, he had tons of those. Yeah. He, um, he thought he could make a thought camera. Yes. Also, he kind of helped invent x-rays. So it's like, how do you right. How do you justify like, a guy who's both? It's so weird because some of the basic premise, and I never know, there, there's so many layers of uncertainty. Like, is that a real thing that he was working on or thinking about? Is that part of the mythology? The thought camera the stuff? Lore? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And what I could find about it, saying was saying he thought that one's thoughts must be like projected somehow into your own head and that's how you have thoughts therefore we should be able to capture those photographically which is just like a fundamental fundamentally horrifically flawed concept of how the brain works sure and so how do you have i just kept running into these these things where i was like the dude invented radio but had no idea how brains work. Yeah, I do. I also like, there are some parts, especially in this stuff where I do wonder what potentially gets lost in translation from like, for sure, a visionary dude like this, who like, maybe he is trying to talk about some of the stuff that we've actually talked about, like synaptic cameras where they capture, like if this electron fires and produces this imagery, can we at a moment of electron, you know, like maybe he's trying to capture that concept. He was also very into the like shamanic and paranormal and all things weird part of the world too. Oh yeah. And so I think if you are a very odd person to begin with, extremely smart, spend almost all of your time alone Mm -hmm. and are into some pretty weird shit. Some pretty weird ideas probably spill out every once in a while. Sounds like, uh, you know how, have you ever seen like hand crank sausage get made? Uh, I think I know what you mean. Yeah, I feel like you put all those ingredients into the hand crank and you have what if podcast sausage coming coming out of that. (laughs) Minus the genius. Mm, Minus, we speak a combined, (laughs) we speak a combined one language and neither of us can do math. (laughs) No, no. I meant more like that's perfect fodder for the show. Not like, not like that's us at all. Um, he also had like super, we do sometimes smell weird. True. (laughs) True. It's too cold, man. I can't shower. It's too cold. I'm kidding. Guys, I'm kidding. Uh, uh, he also had some like pretty prophetic things too that he said. Like you know, you're talking about like thought cameras or him saying like, does he not understand how brains work? But then like one of the quotes I had written down that I thought was really fascinating was uh, from 26, so later in his career, uh, where he says, uh, "When wireless is perfectly applied, the whole Earth will be converted into a huge brain, which in fact it is. All things being particles of a real and rhythmic whole." We shall be able to communicate with one another instantly, irrespective of distance. Not only this, but through television and telephony, we shall see and hear one another as perfectly as though we were face-to-face, despite intervening distances of thousands of miles, and the instruments through which we shall be able to do this will be amazingly simple compared to our present telephone. A man will carry one in his vest pocket. So it's like... Yeah, no, he, he was thinking about and forecasting like wireless communication in the 1800s. He's like Ray... Um, uh, Ray, um, Ray's last jump, not Ray's last jump. Uh, oh. who's the Google, um, Kurzweil. Kurzweil. Thank you. Could not pull that last name. Max will kill me wherever he is. Holy shit. There he is. Hey, there's Ray. <laughs> Dude, that's what Kurzweil does. Every time he thinks of a cool new idea, he's I'm just getting on this one. <laughs> Cyborgs. Oh, 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 <laughs> Mashing human flesh with robots. <laughs> I'm gonna do it. Just into it. Um, maybe it makes sense to just spend like ten minutes, kind of doing a little bit of like a history of him until we get to maybe his later years, and then we can kind of jump around from there. I thought we'd just start with the death ray and the aliens. <laughs> let me at least do. <laughs> let me at least set people up a little bit. All right, fine. Um, 
So Nikola Tesla was born in 1856 in uh, what was the Austrian Empire at the time and would, mm. we would now consider Serbia. Uh, his dad was a priest and his mom was a entrepreneuring or inventive uh, housewife who they say maybe stoked his interest in like trying things or investigating things or experimentation. Uh, he was the fourth of fifth, fourth of five kids. Um, and he studied in school physics and engineering in the 1870s. As far as I could tell, he never actually got a degree. He just spent a lot of time in physics and engineering. Okay. Um, I don't know if that's true. Maybe I misread it, but I got the impression that, um, he never actually graduated. He just spent a lot of time, which also I feel like would lead to some of those like, oh, was he really a genius? Like, oh, school is not for me, but I like this stuff a lot. So I'm going to just kind of like, I could see that drop out. Um, so he uh, he starts working in Paris in the early 1880s, and he's actually like working for Edison, uh, Continental Edison, which is an Edison company worldwide, and he's like helping install light bulbs in Paris, essentially electrifying Paris for the first time. Okay. Um, he wants more, so he moves to the United States in 80, 1884 and goes straight to Edison to get a job working for Edison. Um and the story goes this I part of why I find this interesting is because there's this story that you hear in all of the research about like Edison versus Tesla that they were like at odds because of the ACDC current thing, which we can get into a little bit later. Um, but uh, he goes to work for Edison and and the story goes that Tesla starts working for Edison on a project to basically improve a DC motor that Edison is working on. And after he does a bunch of work for him over the course of six months, Tesla says that Edison promised to pay him fifty grand, and that, and that Jesus. for the for the work that he did, and that Edison's response at the end of it was, "There's a bunch of different variations on this quote. Some much more uh, anti-immigrant than others. Um, one of Edison's versions These of it. <laughs> one of Edison's versions of it towards Tesla was something like." Nicola, maybe when you're a real American, you'll understand American jokes or something like that. Um, and, okay. another, and another version of it was like, that was sarcasm. What don't you understand? Long story short, Tesla thought he was going to get paid 50 grand what? for his six months of work. What year was this? 1884. So Tesla was, again, <sighs> Go ahead. If that information is correct, that seems insane that somebody would believe that. That that would be how much he was going to get paid? Yeah, that is according to a quick uh, inflation calculator check. Yes. That's roughly 1.2 1. 1. 5, mi- It's like 1.5 million. 1.5, okay, yeah, I saw that number. For six months of work? Yeah. As like a... A 28-year-old who, as far as my research could tell, he didn't actually have a degree in anything, but... But maybe the dude was just like, I'm brilliant. Fuck with your boy. <laughs> either either there are just bro. like tons and tons and tons of totally false stories about this dude. Right. Or he was intermittently dumb as fuck. I, I also, <laughs> to be honest, man, I, I, I had the same thought. And then also part of me wondered if he's genius level socially awkward, maybe he doesn't understand certain things. So like, he's like, ha, yeah, if you can make that any better, I'll give you 50 fucking grand. And then he comes back six months later and he's like, I made it better. I've done it. Where's my 50 grand? And they're like, dude, wait, 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 wait. Like, you know what I mean? Like maybe he yeah. actually didn't get the read cause he just doesn't understand like social interaction. I don't know. Yeah. Long story short, a lot of people say this is sort of the the beginning of the current war. There was a Benedict Cumberbatch film that came out a couple of years ago that's about this time period where Edison and mm. Tesla are fighting over the differences between AC and DC it's, current. It's pronounced bucket crunder dunder. Bucket crunder dunder. <laughs> Dude, whatever the Twitter account was that just kept doing different versions of that, uh, there's real, a, real strong. There's a YouTube channel. It's like a pronunciation guide. Yes. That, and doesn't he say uh, it like 17 times or something? I have never laughed harder. <laughs> Pronunciation manual on YouTube. Bring it up. Uh, yeah, let's see if I can find Let's do it. <laughs> uh, so many of these are so good. Uh, hold on. Bucket Grunder Dunder. Don't you have to actually search for Benedict Cumberbatch? No, no, no. <laughs> no, it 
YouTube knows what I mean. <laughs> Dear Googs. Crunder Dunder. <laughs> Bucket Crunder Dunder. <laughs> All right. It's, it's one of my favorite all time YouTube channels. Uh, this is Chulu. What? How to pronounce Chulu. Like the sea creature. Chulu? How, how much fun does that guy have just getting high in his house? And, and they all have like a million di- views. He's making stupid money off of it. Just reading dictionary words real high. How to pronounce Sriracha. I think he said I can't I can't find it right now, but the look up the one for bleach sometime. Mm. <laughs> Blech. Blech. Anyway, we were talking about We were talking about Bucket. A- a- <laughs> no, A C D C the band. But Bucket, we were, we're talking about hair metal. Bucket Croner Dunder was in a movie about the time period where Edison mm. and Tesla were fighting over AC power versus DC power. And I did a piece of research for this episode. <laughs> we have done a research. I have done a research. <laughs> One unit research. Um, I have a cousin who is an electrical engineer and has been for a decade who listens to the show. Shout out to Chris. Is that that email we got last night? It is. Okay. I am. Um, I was doing a bunch of research into like what is the goddamn difference here, and a bunch mm. of people had a bunch of explanations that didn't make much sense to me. And I said, "Chris, mm. you Help. you are smart. Help. I am not. Can you please assist me?" So I'm gonna just read from Chris's email really quick. Wait, why why is this relevant? Because it's all about the war between uh, Tesla and Edison, which gets Tesla his first big payout. And and he was doing what? He was developing. So. Tesla was developing more uses for AC power and okay. thought that AC power was, in general, a better version of transmitting power over long distances, which I'll okay. talk about in a second, versus DC power. And Tesla was inventing uh, an AC induction motor, including more techniques to travel power. And those were some of his most important patents that made him the most money. And Edison was pro-direct current? Pro-direct current. Got it. So I'm just going to read what the difference is really quick. Okay. Uh, and then we'll talk about what he did with all the money he got off of patenting his preference for this. Sick. Um, So uh, Chris says, thanks, Chris. The easiest description of the difference between the two is using the analogy of water. The water molecules are like electrons. DC, direct current. Wait, hold up. What are electrons, though? We don't need to know about that. Tesla thought they didn't exist. Did he really? Yeah. Mm. That's funny that he thought they didn't exist, but understood why they worked in this way. And well, he better. had a different understanding of how things were working that apparently also got to the right answer. Hey, that's a different kind of genius. Isn't it? <laughs> Direct current operates like water flowing through a pipe. The electricity, water, flows one direction, and the more current, speed of water, the more energy delivered. Alternating current operates like waves in the ocean. The water molecules in general stay in the same space, but the energy is delivered by the action of the waves sloshing the water molecules back and forth, oscillating or alternating. So who gives a shit and why? It all comes down to ease of use. When electric devices were first developed, they used DC power. In fact, most today most devices use DC power. Your phone, laptop, tablet, hairdryer, etc. Edison said, "Everybody, everything uses DC, so let's use that. But transmitting power can require a significant amount of additional energy. Then Chris goes into algebra, which I'm going to avoid. Um, basically, the the whole idea being with transmitting DC power long distances, Edison would have had to put a power plant like every mile, and Tesla was like, that's fucking stupid. Let's just use AC current, and we can send shit way, way further, which mm. like the Niagara Falls project, which we won't really talk about unless you want to, but like he did a ton of consulting when they started turning Niagara Falls into hydroelectric power. Mm-hmm. And they had to send power like 26 miles to Buffalo, New York. And Edison was like, oh, we should just put basically like a regenerator every mile or two miles to get the power all the way to Buffalo. And he's like, that's fucking stupid. Go the AC route. And that's what they did. And were able to send it without any uh, amplification in between. It just went straight to Buffalo from there using AC. So, I just skipped to the last sentence that said, P.S., <laughs> if you need me to rewrite this with alien analogies for Spencer, I can. However, as an audio engineer, he understands all the AC principles. It's just sound waves instead of electrons. Shout out to Chris. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> I understood half of it. I would still appreciate those alien analogies if you have them, though. Yeah, for sure. Why not? 
Um, so long story short, in his preference for AC, he made a shitload of patents, uh, specifically over the years of, uh, let me look really quick. Um, fourteen seventeen to fourteen nineteen. He was not alive then. <laughs> Time traveler. He figured it out. Well, again, wouldn't surprise me at this point. Um, it's the Tesla Murray Tyson zone. In the it was in the eighties. So from like eighty four to or no, excuse me, from eighty to eighty eight, um, Tesla worked with a lawyer to get seven different patents made around like his motors and methods for steering and controlling AC power, which um, which ended up netting him a lot of money because in 88, he sold the rights to some of his patents with like a royalties agreement to Westinghouse, which was a power mm. provider in the States at the time. And at that time, he got paid like $60,000 in 1888 money, which... To our somewhere between one and a half and two million dollars. Two million dollars, and some of that was split with his partners. But Westinghouse also hired him to be a consultant for a year's time for two thousand dollars a month, which at the time was like fifty five thousand dollars a month in salary. Yeah. So the dude made like an incredible amount of money over the course of two years. As uh, in eighty eight, he would have been thirty two. He probably made like a couple million during that time. A couple million dollars yeah. as a 32 year old, which at the time, you know, was like, I mean, that's a shitload of money to have in, you know, 1880s New York City. I'm saying the equivalent of a couple million today. Right. Yeah, but yeah, I yeah. think just there were fewer millionaires back then, too, I think. But uh, he wasn't. He was like 100,000 there. But I'm saying. Yes. The equivalent be, of. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I'm with you. We're. Yeah. So. Tesla does a bunch more very important things, but he sort of becomes like the talk of New York as this legendary inventor. He has a great showing at the World's Fair where they used a Tesla-specific light bulb that illuminated like 180,000 light bulbs using alternating current, and he got a shitload of press for that. Um, And dude's like, hey, I have some good money. I've got a good name. I can get investors. Now I'm going to go do whatever the fuck I want. Let's talk to the aliens and blow up <laughs> Russia. So, is that a good <laughs> is that a good enough setup for talk to the aliens and blow up Russia? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Sick. Um Yeah. Remind me I, I have one unrelated but fun weird thing that we should do at the very end. Okay. Cuz I will forget. I will wait. Go ahead. Okay. Uh you want to start with the death beam? Um, the peace ray, whatever the fuck he called it. I feel like we should do Colorado Springs first just because the, the death ray takes us to the end of his life. Okay. Um, sorry. Unrelated, <laughs> but a, weird thing note? we should talk about at the end. Thank just you. wrote it down at the end of my notes. So I will hit it and I will remember. It. I have some audio of multiple Tesla coils playing the Mortal Kombat theme. Um, can we just do that now before yeah, sure. we talk about Colorado? Turns out. Uh, with Tesla coils, you can control them via MIDI. Oh, cool. Which is, um, whatever. We don't need to explain MIDI. You can make Tesla coils make sound and you can control like what pitch and rhythm it is. We should say really quickly, uh, a Tesla coil is like one of his biggest inventions. You've seen them. They're like these big, tall coils with a big ball on top and it's got the electricity shooting out of the top of the coil. It's got something to do with the frequency that the electricity is emitted from, from the coil itself, actually like ionizes the air around it and then yeah. allows for the electricity to travel through the air. And in doing that, you can actually vibrate <laughs> the air at oh, specific make controlled frequencies. So mm. it's not amplifying a sound at all. You don't need a speaker or anything like that. It's just directly through the air making the frequency sound somebody figured out a way to program it with midi which means you can input like any melody any rhythm whatever you want and it'll play play electrical frequencies yeah uh okay i'll say what i was gonna say after we hear the mortal Kombat. so this is two (laughs) tesla coils playing the mortal Kombat theme yes They can only play one note at a time, so this is two of them to get the, the harmony going. Just back and forth. Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> also, 
apparently uh, Tesla coils that have been modified to receive MIDI information and make sound are called Zeusophones. Phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I got to admit, electricity emitted like that sounds kind of scary. Yes. Like that. It looks even more scary. Also, I mean, it's... I, have, I have one other one. Oh, yeah. This is obviously with accompaniment, but the solo sure. is performed by uh, Tesla coil. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. This is not the coil right now, is it? No, this is the accompaniment. Okay, got it. It's just checking the I was like, that sounds very musical. (laughs) 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 It's so like... (laughs) Dude, the video. It's so harsh. (laughs) Whoa. It's like a little tiny lightning bolt machine sitting in the corner of somebody's house. Wow. Phenomenal. It kind of hurts. It does hurt. It's a little um, little abrasive. It's very sharp. Yes. There's a vibration to it that, that almost hurts the ears. Should we should we credit who those came from real quick? Uh, I suppose we probably should. Let you know who, who did it if you need to find it. Sandstorm is by <laughs> Fabricio H. Franzoli. Awesome. On YouTube. And, yeah. Sweet. And uh, the Mortal Kombat one was... There's... Quiet. Quiet. Um, it is Steve Ward, Jeff Larson, and <laughs> Terry Blake, a.k.a. Dr. Zeus. Sick. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to deal with electricity, but I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. Just transitions into fucking composition immediately. Basically. So that's actually a really good segue into the Colorado Springs work because... So one of the big things, the reason Tesla invented the Tesla coil was to play Sandstorm. Was to play Sandstorm. <laughs> That's all he wanted. Um, was because he he thought that wireless power was a thing that could be done, and the turns out it was. Turns out it was. Um, his his hypothesis with Tesla coils and with the experimentation that he did in Colorado Springs was he thought. That um, that frequency that you were talking about, that frequency that's emitted by the electricity, mm-hmm. he thought that the Earth's atmosphere had a frequency as well, and mm-hmm. that if tapped into properly with a tall enough Tesla coil, you could actually use the Earth's frequency as an amplifier for a Tesla coil electrical output that would actually send it into the atmosphere and then further. And if there was another Tesla coil further away, it would actually come down through a bridge using that ionized atmosphere to come back down. So his idea was, hey, if the US just had these generators, one every 50 miles in a bunch of major cities, we could just tap into the frequency of the planet and then send our electricity everywhere. And it could come down to, you could have one on the top of your house that was just a receiver and it would just come down and power your whole home without there being a single wire attached to your house. So maybe a dumb question and also maybe you don't know the answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. How is a Tesla coil powered? What Uh, is actually generating the electricity to begin with i don't know i know they have generators in them or there there is electricity coming into them and then it's being the way that i understand the coil itself is that similar to how um similar to how like if you take a fireman's hose and you put a super like say you could get a really uh really heavy duty super fine nozzle okay you could shoot that water super duper far because the water coming out of it it, there'd be a ton of pressure behind it, super wide too, but a super yeah. tiny output, that water would go super duper far because the pressure would force it like that. Apparently, it's similar to uh, that with a Tesla coil. And, but like that water source, that electricity source has to come from somewhere. So like when he was in- So the novel concept here or the the value <laughs> is that you're transmitting it, you're distributing it, it wirelessly, not that you're actually generating- Correct. Electricity by any- Novel means. Correct. I mean, he did have like motors and things like that that were novel for how they generated electricity or how they like turned things. Um, But more, the Tesla coil specifically was about trans uh, transmitting power from place to place without the usage of wires at all. Okay. And he was getting, I'm pretty sure it was the Colorado Springs uh, um, 
experimentation time where he was actually he part of the reason he went to Colorado Springs specifically was one the pressurized air up there was there was less pressure that high because up in the, the mountains elevation. yeah because yeah. the elevation and his theory was that he could actually test his theories better with less pressure because there's some scientific principle about electricity traveling faster and farther in lower pressure environments okay. so that's why he wanted to go there also he wanted to go there because it was away from everyone. This gets into some of his secrecy, secrecy stuff. So, well, some of the stuff he was doing was like potentially very dangerous, also, right? Right. Well, so one of the things we kind of skipped over was uh, he was in New York, and a lot of what he was doing after he gained some of his money and his fame from his patents and things like that was uh, he had a lab in New York City that he was doing a ton of experimentation in, and there was a fire on the second floor that. Uh, basically took down his entire lab. The third and fourth floor collapsed into the second floor fire and he lost all of his possessions. And so I think he was like, mm. okay, if I'm in the city, it's unsafe. If I'm in the city, there's more eyes on me. If I'm in the city, other people can affect my work with a fire. So there was just all these reasons where he was like, the conditions in somewhere remote, I can get the fuck out of here. He also maybe accidentally made an earthquake in Manhattan. Did you, read, did you read that thing? I Well, yes, and I've seen reports of him potentially affecting, like, weather or circumstances in multiple different situations. Like, there were there were reports in Colorado Springs that in, like, it's, it's apparently super ripe for lightning storms because it's, like, you get the dry desert stuff coming off of, like, lower Utah and some of, like, the dry mountains in Colorado that he was, like, pulling lightning down with this big fucking coil because mm. it's, you know... It's designed to catch some of that stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it makes sense to me that he was <laughs> potentially doing that. When he was in New York, he had that, um, what was it called? The war- Did you read about the Wardenclyffe Tower? Oh, yeah. That had like the 150-foot-long, they were like steel columns, basically, that went into the ground, and they were shooting electricity out into the earth. Just because? Well... This was a different project from the Colorado Springs project, but the Wardenclyffe Tower, he was trying to see if he could actually transmit energy through the earth. As in, did you ever see The Prestige? Yeah, a long time ago. Do you remember the scene in The Prestige where there's the field of light bulbs from far away and Hugh Jackman's character is walking through the field of light bulbs and he plucks one out of the dirt and it goes out? Oh, and he yeah. puts it back in the dirt and the light bulb turns back on. Yeah. So that scene is sort of emulated upon the work that he was doing at Wardenclyffe, which is he both had a Tesla coil above to see if he could shoot electricity outwards, but also he had these... <laughs> Seems so reckless. <laughs> dude, the crazy part about like the Wardenclyffe Tower stuff, if you look at the photos from that, it's fucking huge, man. It's like a 187-foot-tall tower with like these eight... 150 foot long steel rods that were going into the ground and then there was this massive power generator that was shoving tons of electricity into this thing so that he could see what it would do and like if i stand over here and hold a light bulb does it like illuminate it's actually amazing that that dude lived to be 86 it's incredible with how much (laughs) i mean we didn't even talk about some of the experiments that he did during the current wars where like him and edison were going head to head trying to prove whose shit was, like, the safest. And Edison was doing experiments where he was, like, killing elephants using AC power to be like, see, you don't want this in your house. Edison seemed like kind of a dick. He did seem like kind of a dick. And then Tesla's response to that was walking around in cork shoes next to a Tesla coil that was literally sending 200,000 volts of AC current through his body. And he was like, see, it's totally safe, and, like, would do this on stage in front of people. But, like, if he grounded himself in... A way that, like, or if he didn't ground himself, is that, wait, what's the terminology? You, you need have, a ground, you right? You be grounded, yeah. Yeah, if he ungrounded himself in a certain way, he would have just, he would have fucking fried, man. He would have been electrocuted, like, like, way worse than anyone ever got it in, like, Sick. the death chamber electrocuted. <laughs> so, yeah, it's fucking crazy that he made it to 86. Uh did you come across the, the Moscow weird version of the Wardenclyffe Tower? Dead he made? No. But oh. there's a similar facility outside of in a forest outside of Moscow. No. That I think has since been abandoned. But uh it was called 
The high voltage Marx and Tesla generators research facility. Oh, well, at least they had the decency to name it after a them. branch of the Russian Electrical Engineering Institute, uh, about 20 miles outside of Moscow. It was built in the 70s, um, and it was like I think it was designed to test insulating materials uh, for like vehicles and specifically aircrafts yeah. against lightning strikes. Oh, interesting. And so they were actually making a lot of artificial lightning and just like wow, shooting it at things out in the woods. That makes total sense if you think about it though cuz there's no other way to know that like an electrical panel isn't going to go out when a fighter jet flies through a fucking storm. Right. Unless you can simulate the actual conditions. Wow, that's kind of fascinating. Uh allegedly at its peak operating capacity um, it had power or could produce power equal to all power generation facilities in Russia. Oh, nice. For uh, less than a second, but. But it was in there. Mm -hmm. It was in there. And now it's just out in the woods looking super spooky and being abandoned. Oh, yeah. The Warden Cliff is abandoned as well. And actually going back to some of the money stuff that we were talking about earlier, Tesla, um, Tesla was like in and out of money trouble for most of his life. Cause what he would do. So like we talked about the Colorado Springs stuff, right? If you look at the Colorado Springs photos, he made like a small compound on the property in Colorado Springs to do his testing. He was, he was like, he was getting these custom gas filled tubes and he was getting custom built metal pieces to like build his coils, t buying tons and tons of copper, which at the time was super expensive. Like he's doing all of that just to set up the Colorado Springs one. And then, Wardencliffe is like this completely separate project and he had investors for a lot of this stuff, but he's also just like such an ex eccentric inventor that he's just like, fuck it, man. I'm just going to try this. Right. What if I have uh, money? I'm going to spend it on this thing and see what happens. What if I can uh, send information to Australia through my Tesla coil? I don't, I don't know. Let's spend, <laughs> let's spend a million dollars about it and see what fucking happens. <laughs> like it's not my money. Yeah. Not my money. Or if, even if it was, he like didn't really care. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, an insane amount of money was spent on a lot of these things. And Wardenclyffe, they actually ended up taking down and selling the metal from it for scrap to Jeez. try to repay some of his debts because he got so into debt from his fucking roller coaster of like having millions of dollars, spending it all, getting getting a million back, spending it all for basically the entirety of his career. Sick. <laughs> it's kind of, it is kind when you think I, about it, it's kind of sick. I mean, I, I guess I appreciate the methods of like, yeah, you want to fund me? All right. You're funding this nonsense. Yeah. And it'll probably pay off, but it might not. And I'm super committed and to I'm it. And I'm doing it the way I'm going to do it. Yep. Yeah. There's a quote uh, in the autobiography of his that I, that I read a chunk of for this episode where he talks about, he, he never married. He was never even really like with anyone as far as people can tell like he courted Except like a pigeon once well he did he did refer to a pigeon as his wife at one mm -hmm. point but he actually said that he was like i think it's wrong i'm gonna paraphrase a quote but he's like i think it's wrong for an inventor to marry because if an inventor marries your passion and your love and your dedication goes to a person instead of the pursuit of the things that you like have in your brain but my man spent hours upon hours with a pigeon in the park he did spend a lot of time with pigeons in the park that again this was a later in life when things were he might have hey you know what we <laughs> you know what we don't know we don't <laughs> we don't know the lifelong effects of pumping 200,000 volts worth of electricity through your brain for demonstration purposes point. on a regular basis it's a great point you might at a certain point just be like, yes, pigeon, we are, we are love. You get me. We, <laughs> you are my only friend. He also thought he could uh, communicate telepathically with said pigeon. Mm. Mm. I'll talk about the death beam. <laughs> uh, yeah. Is the death beam Mars? Pardon? Is the death beam where we talk to Martians? I don't know what you're talking about. Oh. Mm. The death beam but was going to talk to Martians? Oh, then we have one more thing to talk about related to Colorado Springs. I Great. thought that's what you meant by the alien tie-in. Oh, no, I guess I have a different alien story. Oh, cool. <laughs> hey, I get to tell Spencer something about aliens. Sick. It's a first, you guys. So uh, I think maybe one of the easiest ways for me to tell this story is uh, for me to read a quote from him. So one of the things uh, that Tesla... Um, did with his his coil and his research in um, 
in Colorado Springs was so what not only did he think you could transmit electricity from location to location wirelessly but he also believed that because you could transmit frequencies and things like that he believed that you could transmit information like uh seems reasonable yeah he invented radio after all right and and that's like a big part of it was could you do both could you send power could you send information could you use this for like multiple different you know vehicles yeah and so part of that was also using it as a receiver to see if it could catch things in the same way that it could like send things out into you know the ionosphere the ether the ether if you will and so in 1901 uh he said this, I can never forget the first sensations I experienced when it dawned upon me that I had observed something possibly of incalculable consequences to mankind. I felt as though I were present at the birth of a new knowledge or the revelation of a great truth. Even now at times, I can vividly recall the incident and see my apparatus as though it were actually before me. My first observations positively terrified me as there was something as there was present in them something mysterious, not to say supernatural, and I was alone in my laboratory at night. But at that time, the idea of these disturbances being intelligently controlled did not yet present itself to me. The changes I noted were taking place periodically and with such a clear suggestion of number and order that they were not traceable to any cause then known to me. What he's talking about is in his lab one night late in Colorado Springs, he actually received a radio signal through his Tesla coil. And I don't understand what the processing mechanism that is for that to come in and be like audible or visible or whatever. Yeah, read or understood in some way. Yeah, exactly. But he's absolutely convinced. Well, he absolutely convinced him th himself of a lot of odd things, but yes, go ahead. He's absolutely convinced that the pattern, sequence, numerical repetition, etc., of these radio signals was coming from somewhere else. Was coming from outside of the planet. He thought they were extraterrestrial signals because he couldn't identify them to any earthly or worldly source. What year was the radio actually like? popularized i didn't actually look that up mm, i think it was invented in like 1900 ish um radio invention who invented radio well we know that part but when was it um i don't know that's a harder question to google i guess invention of radio i don't know early 1900s okay so at the time i think maybe part, part of what he was saying was like I'm in the middle of nowhere in Colorado Springs. I understand the concept of radio, but I shouldn't be able to like receive anything from here that I'm aware of. You know, it's not like there's radio yeah. stations that are playing a ton of music and radio they're not broadcasting very far. Radio frequencies can be generated by a lot of different things though. Well, and he says that he says, I'm familiar of course, with such electrical disturbances produced by the sun, Aurora Borealis, earth currents. And I was sure as I could be of any fact that these variations were due to none of these causes. So he claims he claims that it was like a repeated um like pinging or mm -hmm. like um patterned electrical frequency that kept hitting him in this like same frequency over and over again. And, and there are obviously it was different a hundred <laughs> plus years ago, but I know like one of the biggest issues even with SETI and like uh radio telescope observations now is interference from Earth-based things. And obviously, there are infinitely more sources of interference now than there were 100 years, years ago. Right. But it seems possible slash likely that there was something that he just wasn't aware of. So there are and some... It, it would be harder in some ways to track it down because you wouldn't know if other people were experimenting with similar things. Right. It wasn't as common. You would assume no one was or that you, know, you wouldn't understand maybe as well the source possible sources of radio frequency right. emission right there is um there are some who've speculated after the fact that uh the timing actually works really well for a guy who was uh doing a radio test on a navy boat mm -hmm. in the atlantic um and i'm spacing the dude's name but it was the guy who ended up getting the who uh patent for the radio he got it he marconi got a, marconi yeah 
they said Marconi was doing a radio signal test on a like some I think it was like the British Navy ship in the Atlantic mm. and people after the fact have speculated that he was so sure no one else was doing what he was doing that he was like it's the fucking aliens right. <laughs> they're coming for me and really it was like one of his biggest competitors who was doing a similar test at like the exact same time on the planet just from a faraway place yeah um but he has more quotes and sort of He's definitely a believer. I have a much more direct one. Hit me with it. Uh, so uh, well, this is from a, a biography about Tesla. Um, at one point, he was working on an antenna, a radio antenna, to monitor thunderstorms. Oh. Uh, I don't exactly know how that would have worked, but he, while testing it, overheard radio transmissions that he thought were from aliens. Okay. And this is a quote from the biographer from the book. Uh, he wondered at the time if he wasn't listening to one planet greeting another, as he put it. From that point on, it became somewhat of an obsession of his to build better and better radio receivers to try and see if he could repeat what he had heard. He got to the point where he claimed that he was actually receiving voice transmissions. He said it sounded just like people talking back and forth to each other. He made notes saying that he was actually hearing intelligent beings from another planet talking to each other, although he didn't know what language they were speaking, but he still felt he understood them. Hmm. So that's obviously uh, a little more suspicious in terms of validity, and it's not a direct quote from Tesla. It's coming from a biographer, right? Uh, who may or may not have had direct access to Tesla, and it kind of falls more into the whole lore and mythology side of things, right? But suffice it to say, he was into some weird shit. He was definitely into and some weird shit actively sought it out and probably spent other people's money on it. <laughs> right. Right. Um yeah, that's interesting, man. That's one of those ones too where you go is it possible that he was picking up voices but they were And if so, coming from and if so, is it possible that he was picking up voices but they were coming from something else or yes. was it just garbled radio? I mean, that's the answer is yes. It's garbled radio from somewhere else or a foreign language. Yeah. here and that he thought attributed it to something else there are though there are some people that say i mean we have you know seti and other things have detected radio waves coming from outer space and there are some people that yeah, not conversations but no no repeated pulses or right. maybe repeated pulses right and i think there are some people who have speculated like maybe you know is it possible that with no other or very few other radio disruptions on the planet at the time, way fewer satellites or whatever. Could he have one night randomly with this giant fucking like, I mean, again, you see the pictures, it's fucking massive. Did he maybe actually pick up some sort of, you know, some sort of frequency from outside the solar system? The, doesn't necessarily mean there's aliens out there or intelligent light behind it, but like, did he pick something up? I mean, the fact that you're hearing actual voices yeah, and puts I guess it puts it very firmly in the that's coming from Earth yes. column for me. But. I guess maybe I was referring more to my story, like yeah. the 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 repeated pulses that I he, think that if he we found yeah if we were to get some form of communication, it would be much more likely to be along those lines yeah. than someone speaking to us for sure, or two people speaking to each other. That makes well, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> Picking up moon rocks? Fucking with Tesla. <laughs> We're going to drive him crazy. <laughs> you want to talk about the death rate before we get out of here? Now we can talk about the death rate. We got to talk about the death rate because we got to talk about the FBI conspiracy before we go. Sick. Yes. What you know about death rays, bro? Um. <laughs> I, okay. Okay. <laughs> Tell me more. In his, I think in his 70s. He was. Um, towards the end of his life. Yep. He was working on, or at least thinking a lot about, <laughs> um, an invention that, quote, would cause armies of millions to drop dead in their tracks. And he described it as a weapon that would ex uh, operate by accelerating mercury particles up to 48 times the speed of sound mm -hmm. inside a vacuum chamber. Mm -hmm. And then shoot a high-velocity beam of them uh, through the atmosphere. Yes. Uh, he 
He said that this beam could bring down a fleet of 10,000 airplanes at a distance of 250 miles. Mm-hmm. Uh, the press immediately called it a death beam or a death ray, and Tesla countered by saying it was more of a peace ray or a peace beam. That's one way to say it. Believing that it would serve as a deterrent from, or a deterrent to uh, armies attacking one another. That if you knew someone could wipe you out if you got within 10 or 250 miles of them, uh, that you wouldn't bother attacking in the first place. Yeah. There's a quote where he talks about, and you know, you gotta you gotta remember a guy like this lived through World War One and World War Two, or a chunk of World War Two, and uh, he was talking about um, like the UK and like London specifically, and some of the fire bombings of World War One, like Belgrade and stuff, and talking about like how cities were living in fear from just constant bombing runs, and I think I. I know you were roasting him for using peace ray, but I think he was like, I genuinely believe there's a possibility that he was like, if everybody had one of these, those bombing runs would stop. They they wouldn't send nuclear bombs overhead. That like makes as much be, sense as saying we should just give the whole world nukes, though, and then we'd all be safe. Well, I think the difference is him saying if everyone had one of these on their shores, it's not something you could use to go bring a bomb somewhere else. So yeah, it's, but you could still use it aggressively rather than as a deterrent. Well, I don't know if you could. It, the idea was that it could go 250 miles. So it's like if you had one on, you know, on all of your borders, the the idea being that a, a fleet of airplanes couldn't fly over your city and drop a bunch of atomic bombs on you. Yeah, but lots of wars have occurred within 250 miles of, it's not like you always have to cross the ocean to, to attack somebody. True, but I think the point being that like, many of them do require there to be fleets of airplanes to go bomb people. And if you could prevent them from doing that, I just feel like any developing any weapon as a means to peace is an oxymoron is just like horrific logic. It's an oxymoron. I get it like that. That will, if you have observed, and again, maybe it comes down to like understanding human behavior, but like, yeah, never in the history of the world has a weapon ever created peace. Sure. We no, don't, that's we fair. don't work that way as a species. Yes. Yes. No, someone is going to use that for bad, no question. Yeah, of course. No question. <laughs> no question. Uh and then there are whole bunches of conspiracies related to this in terms of like was he actually working on developing it for someone and who was that someone and was it the Russians and when he died while maybe still working on this, were those plans taken from him by the FBI? And I don't know how much we want to get into all of that. But. I mean, I could, I think we can do it for at least a few minutes here. Okay. I mean, so the, one of the things that's interesting about um, the maybe, the maybe did the FBI go get his stuff was we actually know now that they did. Um, through We don't f- know necessarily what they got though, right? Uh, no, we yeah. don't. Um, the, so, well, so... The way it kind of happened was um, Tesla in his later years was living in hotels. He would like go hotel to hotel. He was relatively broke at the time. He was stinky and crazy and hanging out with pigeons and like being kind of eating a, dinner by himself at the same place every night. Yeah, being just like a very eccentric elderly billionaire, former or former millionaire. I mean, and now like you know, basically washed up, sort of sad man. Um, <laughs> But still trying to Pigeon loving son of a bitch. Yeah. But still trying to make make a thing uh or two at the time. Um anyway, he dies, and when he dies in New York in this hotel, he has like all of his worldly possessions with him, which includes all of the paperwork of anything that he's working on, stored both with him in his hotel room and also stored in the storage space uh at the hotel itself. And what we know is that the uh, Center for Alien Property is a... What is that? Yeah, so my understanding of it is it's a federal organization that exists exclusively for um, like managing possessions of people that don't live here that they're not supposed to have. So, so like is illegal it like- immigrants, I think, or like if someone who's here and isn't supposed to be here gets caught with like... A weapon they're not supposed to have, or I don't really know. I mean, we could. Is it like when you go to jail and you got to give them your stuff, but for when the Greys come here, they got to check their shit at the door and then they get it back when they leave? That sounds like 
like I would say sure to that. Okay. Um, when when the grays come, they get to keep like one skin tight suit. Yep. And like a book or something. And it's orange. And then they gotta. Well, now it's gray. Oh, I, I was thinking more like <laughs> red orange jumpsuit. <laughs> and then when you leave, you can like get your stuff back. Oh, got it. This makes a lot more sense. Dang. Uh, yeah, that is not it. It was a good try to find. In my head, it's still gonna be it. The, office, the Office of Alien Property was an office within the government of the United States during World War I and World War II, uh, which served as a custodian of enemy property to property that belonged to U.S. enemies. The office was created, created under the Trading with the Enemy Act. Uh, it authorizes the president to appoint an official known as the alien property custodian who is responsible for receiving, holding, administering, and accounting for all money and property in the United States due or belonging to an enemy or ally of an enemy. Huh. So there Wait, was. So they took his shit? They did. So there's correspondence in the. You can see through the FOIA requests and on the FBI.gov PDF vault that there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pages of files and records on Nikola Tesla in the FBI yeah. vault. I mean, you would have to keep an eye on that guy if you were doing. Anything close to your job as the FBI, right? I would think so. I mean, he had done a lot for good, but he also was going around telling people that he was going to, like, invent a death ray that could take out planes and, 250 miles away 10,000 And 10, you knew he could time. probably do it, and you knew he was a little bit crazy. Right. Um, and, so, and desperate for money, apparently. Yes. And they, there was some suspicion, too, around him not being a... Uh, a American-born citizen, he he got a citizenship at the age of like 31 or something like that after okay. he immigrated here, that maybe he was sympathetic to Eastern Europe or may, is he a communist sure. or whatever. And so some of that is written up in the FBI's files. Yeah, he died in 43, so like right in the middle of Dead the war. Dead center of World yeah. War II. Yeah. So they probably saw that guy die, thought about everything he had done, thought about who he potentially knew back home, and they were like, yeah, yoink. That's, give me yoink. that. <laughs> give me that. Uh, this this isn't constitutional, but yeah, we're going to take your shit for sure. We're going to take your shit. Hasn't stopped us before. Yeah, exactly. Um, so they took his shit, and they had it assessed essentially by experts to go is there anything of here in here of danger and what they the way that the government tells the story is they were doing due diligence to your point if they were doing anything close to their job they were doing their due diligence to look through his shit and go is anything here dangerous is anything going to fall into the wrong hands if we Did give it to his family sell some shit to the russians right exactly and if not we can release all of his works back to his family but if there is, then we're keeping it because this is a war crime. Um, the story goes that after it had been assessed by, you know, officials and smart people in the U.S. government, that all of the stuff was sent back to his brother in Serbia and that now it lives in the Tesla Museum in Serbia. Okay. The conspiracy is that there were 80 trunks of contents of stuff that were confiscated by the U.S. government, and his brother and Serbia received 60, and so there's potentially 20 missing trunks worth of Tesla's work. That honestly seems pretty reasonable to me. That they kept 20 trunks worth yeah. of it? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Uh, that is a conspiracy theory that I don't think is even remotely that conspiratorial. Because, Could this be a problem? Uh, maybe. Right. Cool. Throw it in the fire. Right. Because, <laughs> well, and it would take forever to go through all of it, and you, the people assessing it would have to be extremely knowledgeable in some cases. He also was, he was notoriously, he drew things, like, he did not make blueprints. He was a fucking, right. he, he said, he had all these really interesting quotes about how he would, like, build devices in his mind, <laughs> and he said he would, like, build it and run it and break it and build it and run it and break it in his mind until he was ready to build it. Just sit down and make it. Yep. And yeah. the only reason that he would write or draw pictures of any of it was because his assistants needed something to be like, dude, you can't just keep saying this to me. Like, I need to see something. So he'd be right. like, oh, this is what I mean. And he would like draw photos of it or draw pictures of it to show them what he meant. But this dude was not doing like nice blueprints. So you do, you wouldn't even have a good structure for understanding the, the depth of what could potentially be in there. Well, and also just to understand the math of what's going on in right. any of it, you would right. have to have somebody pretty damn educated right. in the, in 
math and electrical engineering and For physics sure. to even know what was on the page to begin with. Right. I mean, you have 80 trunks of it. So and you wrote so in eight paying, languages. So you're paying multiple like electrical engineers whatever their rate is for like months to go through that shit. Yeah. No, if it looks suspicious, fucking keep it. Keep it. Yeah. Keep it. Unless it's like a letter to his to his cousin or something like, yep. yeah, we're going to hold on to it right. and we'll figure it out later. Right. So that is um it's I mean, it's not really a conspiracy anymore. Like the FBI has essentially copped to the fact that they wouldn't be able to get to New York soon enough and that it would be messier if they did it. So they just had the Office of Alien Property grab his stuff so that they could uh, check it out. Yeah, There's a later report that I have not been able to verify of a project called uh, the U.S. Air Force Project Nick in 1945 that apparently happened at Patterson Air Force Base, wherein $70 million was spent trying to create a beam weapon. And suspicions are that that mm. timing is a little too good for that to not be potentially connected in some way to them potentially confiscating 20 trunks worth of his work and Heck. seeing what they could potentially do with it. Heck. It's on a couple websites. I can't get anything better than uh, a handful of websites, but it's an interesting take that... We uh, rarely do have anything better than that. That's true. So... I was born. Yeah, maybe. 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 Um, but in Belgrade, Serbia, you can go to the Tesla Museum and uh, you can see there are like plenty of drawings and writings and maths and all kinds of stuff in there. So Sick. That was, I will say, a pretty good smash grab uh, arc of a pretty big dude's life. He was super fat. He was he's a pretty big dude. Yeah, he actually pretty big dude. No, he wasn't. Tall 6'2", 145. Tall that's crazy. Oh! That's like me in freshman year of high school. That's scary, man. You gotta, you gotta eat a sandwich, my Look guy. Smart. Eat a sandwich, my guy. While you're busy being smart and fucking working hard, eat a sandwich, my guy. Um, if you're not already on there, Patreon.com/slash What If Podcast. Yeah. I watched the entire David Politis vanished hour and a half documentary, whatever Ancient Aliens extension thing you want to call it. Yesterday. And I'm going to give my full review on the Patreon this week. I bet I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> well, you should also watch it before Thursday, and then we can talk. I'm just saying, I bet I'm going to be pissed. Mm, you might be surprised. All right. You might be surprised. All right. Go go check it out, guys. Five bucks a month gets you uh, four extra episodes every month. Uh, and, Plus uh, like 80 back episodes at this point. Hell yeah, exactly. And then 612-246-4614 if you want to leave us a voicemail. Hi at whatifpodcast.com. And it's at whatifpod everywhere on the socials. Share the show with your friends. Thank you for doing it. We love you guys. As always, we'll see you next week. 